you know, the quality of our life. Mm, quality, we say. We're all looking for a certain quality of life, but at any given moment, that quality depends on our state of mind. Think about it. Isn't this so? We all know situations when um, someone uh, appeared to be successful, something good is happening in their life, and they're so down in the dumps that they can't even appreciate what's happening. And so although outwardly there is this wonderful thing happening because there is not the resonance from the inside, you know, they see it and experience it entirely different. And then sometimes, you know, it's the opposite way. Sometimes we're heading towards the precipice, heading towards destruction. (laughs) It's not even computing. We don't even know it. We're just full steam ahead because of the state of mind that we're in. So it's not really the outer circumstances, but it's the inner field of being that determines how we will relate, you know, to things happening from moment to moment and the effect that it will have on us. And whether that's fleeting, you know, like a momentary effect or whether we are impacted by it for a day, a week, a month, a year, a decade, even for a lifetime. The rest of your life alters and changes your perception of things and your reception of things. And it all depends on our state of mind. And that's why this practice is about first knowing the state and then being able to determine whether it is wholesome or unwholesome or useful or not or beneficial or not. And if we determine that it is, then we abide in it. And if we determine that it isn't, it is having the skill uh, that is developed through, uh, through cultivation and a willingness to uh, uh, lay down our momentary assessment or our need to feed our ego or our, you know, whatever is uh, claiming our person in such a way that we cannot uh, lean towards what is healthy. Having the determination, the willingness, I will at that moment. Even though I don't feel like I will. Even though sometimes we know it's going to cost us something. Uh, A lot of times I do things like (laughs) this is going to hurt. But I do it anyway because it is the right thing to do. Even though it might not. I might not experience it as the most pleasant thing to do. And if we approach life in this way, we find ourselves becoming more middle of the road, less tossed and turned by the the worldly winds of life, uh, and we begin to know life, experience life in a different in a different way. Um, Daisaku Ikedo said, um, and he's a he's a modern day philosopher. He's also uh, the president of, of Soka Gaikai, and he said the human spirit is as expansive as the cosmos. That's why it is so tragic to belittle yourself or to question your worth. No matter what happens, continue to push back the boundaries of your inner life the confidence to prevail over any problem, the strength 
to overcome any adversity and unbounded hope. These three all reside within us. So if we're outside looking for something, you know, we might be disappointed. If we if we are outside looking for acceptance, if we're outside looking for love, if we're outside looking for anything, uh, we could be disappointed. We could um, be, be discouraged. We could be derailed. And so he says one has to know for oneself what is worthy to be clung to and what should be abandoned. So I think to lead a life in which we are inspired is so worthy because it is a bodhisattva action. It's in this way when we live a life inspired for ourselves that we inspire others. You don't have to you don't have to give them a Dharma talk. You don't have to do you know, all you have to do taking care of yourself is a witness to people of how they can live their life more fruitfully. And and for this to happen, our hearts have to be alive. We have to be present in every moment, present for ourselves and present for others, and filled with a certain kind of of passion, a certain kind of enthusiasm. Um, that word uh, enthusiasm has as its root the enthuse meaning God breathed. So if we don't want to use the word God, use something that you can that you can relate to. But to be inspired by some lofty way of being that lifts us out of the doldrums of life and plant us in a spacious space. And we determine where that space is and what that space is to ourselves. We determine. We determine, you know, the the good news of the Dharma is that I'm not dependent on anything outside of me for my mental well-being, for my uh, heartfelt and produced happiness. That is totally within my purview. You know, no matter what someone might try to do, no matter what someone says on outside, I determine how I will walk through this life. And to know it, one can use it. But if one doesn't know it, one can't use it. It's like having a million dollars in the bank that was left to you and like uh, you didn't know it so you live like a pauper. Um, but once we know something, you know, then we figure out how to pick it up, how to, how to take it up. You know, and we have to pick it up in different ways. Some pick pick it up from the left corner and some from the right. And some slide their hand under the bottom and lift it. Some have to blow on it. You know, we can't, when we find a way of of, uh, relieving ourselves, when we find, when we have some aha moment, you know, we want everybody Line up. You got to have the same aha moment. You got to see it the same way as I see it. You have to do it the same way I do it. But life is not like that. Hmm. The world is waiting on me and waiting on you. I'm not saying that it's easy, 
because it's not. To achieve this kind, though, of, of persona, this kind of way of being, we have to have arouse a certain amount of courage. So if I would think of, of one epithet that I love, that I've taken from the Dharma, that inspires me, is fearlessness. And it doesn't mean that I don't recognize, you know, like my head is stuck in the sand, I don't recognize that there are things that come my way that can be harm, harmful. But what I, I do know is that anything that comes my way, I can handle. I might not be able to handle it for you, but I can handle anything that comes my way. And what if each person just entered into that? It would, it would then eradicate all of the neediness. <laughs> That's number one. It would eradicate the, um, the ways that we have of, of interfering in other people's lives. You know, thinking we know what's best for them. Uh, I mean, if we took care of our own neediness and having to um, run other people's lives, I think that's about 95% of the problems. I mean, it really, it really is. It really is. You know, and usually I'm like, really, I'm joking. and I'm, But today I feel really, really serious. This is about as serious as I can get. I feel really serious because some people think that when they fail at something that they are a failure. Now, the danger in this is that we are not going to always win. To think that we, I mean, some people think that they must always win. I mean, no matter what it takes, and, and if it has to devolve into lying, cheating, stealing, killing, you know, all of the unwholesome actions that we take has to do a lot with that fear of failure. So, so that's uh, something that we have to, like, we, we have to address that head on because there's not going to be any way around it. In this life, you will not always win and you will not always be successful. And so when that time comes when you're not going to cross over the top, how will you handle that? That's where the moment of integrity arises. How will you be in that moment? It's, it's when one can say, I made a mistake. It's when, um, uh, it was, uh, I had a, a tough couple of days um, because uh, I was trying to, uh, I needed to move all the pictures into one central location. And Hay said that there were 36,000. That's a lot. And he was moving them for me. And I have, you know, a laptop and I have a Surface Pro and I have uh, two computers at home because just so much 
I don't know what it is. And so he was trying to take them all from all of these places and put them on one place on my main computer and then roll it off onto a separate storage thing to free up all the computers. And I was like, ah, happy day, happy day. This I've been trying to get somebody to do this for years. That's why there's that many. And something happened. He he doing what he was doing, it was all looking good, and then something happened. He said, Oh shoot, I made a mistake. Now, I was working on something that I needed to have over to the bank and unto our attorneys by yesterday. And I said, uh, how big of a mistake? Because Everything I've been working on the last three days is right there in this computer. And uh, he said, well, you're not going to be able to get it out, you know. And uh, so we tried to figure out what we could do, what we could do. He tried this, he tried that, he tried the other. Nothing worked. And so he said, Paniwadi, the only thing we can do is reset the computer back for uh, a couple of days. And then this will all go away, including the virus. <laughs> so so I said, okay, let's do that. And so he, he set it back. Now, what it did mean was I lost three days of work for something that had a, a deadline. Uh, I thought it was a deadline of yesterday, and I wasn't finished. turned out to be a deadline of today. No. But here's the point. When it happened... I don't know anything about the computer except that it's always jamming up. That's that's about what I know. No. But he came he just came right to it. They just came right to it and said, I messed up. You know. And now I think your computer has a virus and everything was on the desktop and the whole thing was frozen. And uh he spent five hours just trying to get it to the place that we could reset. And then we got it reset. And and I was sitting there and I was marveling at the two of us. At him, because he just came straight out and said, uh-oh, Panwadi, I messed up. And at me, because I didn't say, off with his head. You know, you know and I could see the, the growth because I really was not fearful. I knew I had a situation. It was a real situation, you know. But the fear that would have been there before was not there. And so there's something about being able to move through life with a certain ease, even when bad things happen, you know. Sometimes at that point we're thinking like, I'm a good girl, I am. I know when bad things happen to good people. (laughs) Sometimes things, they happen and we're caught up in it. And we have to just be there with it. And if we can learn to do that, we won't have the fluctuations that we have. Now, this doesn't sound so much like um, spiritual talk 
this sounds really rational. I mean, you can go to any therapist and they'll tell you the same thing. You can pick up any book about handling emotions and it tells you the same thing. But it does dovetail into uh, who we consider ourselves to be in this life. And as long as we are so attached to an identity, it's to that extent that we will need to protect that identity and be uh, perturbed when anything concerning that identity is amiss. But once we fold into this space that's not just aroused by gratitude, gratitude is one part of it, but also by fearlessness, a, a courage, a kind of capacity to be with the present moment no matter what is happening and knowing that by my own resolve, I get through this. I was already sharpening up my speech for the phone call I would make to try to get an extension for something, you know, because uh, I, this wasn't going to happen by the next day. Lo and behold, I couldn't find the paper to make the phone call. I found the paper. Finally, I just got all my papers together and started sorting with something I needed to do a long time ago, right? Uh, but now this has has push the envelope and I have to sort what things are paid, what things are due, letters to respond to, all the things that, that you know. And so, and then I find it and I open it and guess what? One of the two things is not due, was not due on the 13th of March, it's due on the 13th of April. <laughs> So now I'm happy. But I, you know, I told Ponja Deepa, I said, Ponja Deepa, I could have been really upset and, and fearful because this was a drop dead date and all of that. And I would have wasted all of that energy and wasted all of that, that time, that effort, you know, burning up brain cells, you know, trying to scheme and come up with, with a, a reasonable excuse. You know, nobody wants, no, you can't call anybody and say my computer crashed. Like, yeah, everybody uses that excuse when something is not turned in on time. Uh, and so, uh, and so, you know, these are, this is the Dharma. The Buddha said the Dharma is the 10,000 things. It's, it's what's happening in every moment. The truth of it. And if we can learn to see it and to be with it, you know, then our quality of life will be entirely different. Entirely different. And so I'm thinking it's not so much about us learning so much. It's more about what we do with that that we have learned. What we do with what we do know. There's a story in the um in one of the Nikayas where it said that um this disciple of the Buddha he couldn't learn he couldn't memorize anything. He couldn't hold one phrase in his mind, much less one teaching. And so um, he was given a job to do, which was to sweep the Dharma Hall and just recite one word. 
And in the process of him being faithful to just that, he entered into samadhi, into that space beyond space and time. He entered into the, the field from which everything manifests. And he awakened. And then, you know, uh, they had sent him over to the, to the nuns, right? You go over and, and teach the nuns. And the nuns sent him back. They said, uh, no, send us somebody else. He can't even remember one line. Okay, so now after he comes back, then he gets sent back to the nuns. And they're like, stupido. He he doesn't know anything. He can't he can't hold it. And there was disrespect in their heart concerning him. And then when he got up to speak, first of all, they didn't even make a place for him. So he just propelled himself in the air and made his own platform in the air and gave a Dharma talk. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Now, we can say that, you know, like, I don't believe all of those. I think some of those are allegories. I mean, you haven't met enough people. Because I know some people can really do these kinds of things. You know, because we're all made of the same ingredients of the cosmos. So there's hardly anything that is impossible. We just have to know the laws that affect things. So I know they said we never fly. We have this big heavy metal bird that we fly all the time, you know. And the law of gravity makes that impossible. Ha, but the law of aerodynamics supersedes the law of gravity. It doesn't mean the law of gravity is not there and in place, but there is another law that supersedes that. There are many laws. We might not know all of them. And so we say something is impossible, but I say nothing is impossible. And having this kind of of uh, view makes it, uh, allows things to come into your life in a certain way. There's a, uh, we we talk about magnetism and and attraction and things like that and and I go with it to a certain extent but you know you have to have the right understanding around it to really be able to use it or you'll be trying to attract something all day long where on a on a uh, on a conscious level you know on a, you might be embracing it, but deeper on a subconscious level, like you don't really believe that it is true. And so you have to know yourself. I mean, you have to really know yourself. The Buddha said to know yourself is to know the Dharma. Then to know the Dharma is to know the 10,000 things. If I was looking for something ordinary, rudimentary, run-of-the-mill, I'd go and pick up any book written by ordinary men. But I am looking for something extraordinary. I'm looking for something that can definitely put me on a platform for the way leading upward. That I can actually enter into my greatest hopes and my greatest aspirations. That I can know for myself that there's not anything anyone can do. That I don't have the capacity 
to also do. Maybe not in the same way. Maybe not at the same time. But to know that nothing is impossible. We're living in a time where there's a lot of pessimism. And there's a almost a giving up. You know, when we give up, we turn to fighting. That's what comes, that comes, what comes next. Because after giving up, there is only to win or to surrender. And we never think about surrender as a worthy um, uh, uh, attitude or healthy attitude. But, you know, the Buddha actually talks about that. He talks about surrender. He talks about yielding. He talks about letting go. He talks about giving up. What are we surrendering? What are we letting go of? What are we giving up? He says our attachments to our views. The only way that I can live in harmony with others is to have an equal respect for their views. We want to live in harmony and we consider ourselves harmonized <laughs> if you agree with me. You know, that's kind of how it is. <laughs> but we're coming to a time that we can see it on a, on a global scale that that's not going to work. Actually, never has worked. That's why there's always been wars and rumors of wars. There's always been uh, uh, someone coming and taking something for themselves. There's always been this kind of turmoil in the human realm. And the Buddha said it's because we live in the realm where we have different minds and different bodies. That some realms they have different bodies, same mind. In some realms they have different minds, same body. In some realms they have same mind, same body. He said, but in this realm we have different minds, different bodies. How can we be expected to agree? So we have to learn in this life how to disagree without being disagreeable and that's going to take development the cultivation of qualities that can uproot fear first in oneself and then in others so I'd like to encourage you I know the news the last couple of days it's just so crazy it really is. Some of the ways that we're walking out our um, dissatisfaction, the ways that, and how we're being caught up in the unwholesomeness. And, you know, like when I was a Christian, I said, and I'd hear good Christians say this, but now that I'm a Buddhist, I hear good Buddhists, you know, um, saying, speaking in these unmindful ways. And although the teaching is there in the moment, sometimes it's difficult to walk in what we know is right. But I'm encouraging you in this moment, 
in this day and time to hold up the light, to shine the light that's in you. We may not understand it all. We may not agree with it all. We may have to uh, step forward and do some things to right the cart. I mean, if you have a flat tire, you know, you don't just carry on with it. You pull over to the side, unhook those bolts, or you call AAA, and you have somebody put a new tire on. So you go. So sometimes we do have to stop and fix something. We do have to be engaged, but we have to be mindful of how we will engage. Because whatever we do in this moment is setting up the conditions for the next moment. You see, what we're experiencing right now, that was set in place previously. We're just getting the harvest of it now. And some things that show up overnight, it, it took more than overnight for them to come about. So we're not going to fix everything overnight. So we have to buckle down and and develop some patience, some endurance, you know, as part of the process of change. We have to not be discouraged, but encouraged. The same way this could come about, something else can come about. We have to maintain our sense of encouragement that things can be different, that things can be better. And having this attitude and leaning in to those notions puts us on the good side of the future. The future really is up to us. We always say, I think the children are our future. If we leave a future for them, if we don't blow it all up. And so um, this week, you know, every week I'm trying to give you something to work on. And sometimes it sounds contradictory because, um, you know, you have to do like a little juggling, a little balancing act. I always think about the guy who's spinning the plates around, you know, on this. And, and it's something like that. So one day we might have to be working on our, our gratitude. And on another day we might have to be, you know, saying the, or, or our compassion. Another day we might have to be saying the tough things that need to be said. You know, both of these have their place. It's just finding the right time for the right, you know, for the right thing. That's what right view is all about. And so to have right view, and there can be 10,000 different circumstances, you know, then you have to be able to pick from 10,000 different things. So don't don't get hopped up on one thing and just stay there. This is, this is my view and I'm sticking with it um, because every situation, it's different, and we have to be able to be present, a very present help in the time of need. Hmm. I think that's why the Buddha really doesn't encourage us. Um, you know, he says even the Dharma has to be abandoned at some point. Did you know he said that? <laughs> he said even the Dharma. It's as impermanent as everything else. So we have to know when to hold and when to fold. And that wisdom comes to the only to the extent that the heart is vast. A vast heart can contain all of the situations in the world. The vast heart can hold every type of personality. The vast heart. 
can see one little spot of goodness, the vast heart. And to the extent we expand our heartfulness, our wisdom grows. And we can learn from good circumstances. We can learn from not so good circumstances. And the ease comes into our life. A peace comes. And since the world didn't give it to us, the world can't take it from us. You know. And living this way, just me, just you, handling your own affairs and living in this way becomes the example for that one who is doubting, for that one who is weak. It's better for each one to teach one than to take on the duty of carrying 99,000 people. You know, it's, it, it feels a little fun at first. You know, like somebody's depending on you. I mean, like, yeah, they look at me and like I'm the one that, uh, you know, they admire and all that. But, you know, that gets old. It gets old really, really quick. It is better for one to carry oneself. And as people observe, they find, well, she's nothing special. I got that in me, too. I got that in me, too. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I looked at my teachers. Not so much of what they told me. Shoot, I can read it for myself. I can read it out of a book. But how did they carry themselves, you know, as they went through the vicissitudes of life that we all go through? Someone had a, you know, unhappy marriage. Someone was broke. Someone was, you know... Uh, falsely accused, someone was justly accused, someone was, you know, all of these things. But how did they go through all of those circumstances? You know, that's how we observe one another. That's what tells the real story. We know that by raising children, those of us who have. You know, we'd always say, don't do as I do, do as I say do. But they always did, ultimately, as we did, you know. So listening to the Dharma is great. Internalizing the Dharma is wonderful. Developing the Dharma will give you this kind of life. Hmm. That's the good news. When we approach situations with this kind of honesty, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a humility, but it's not like, uh, oh, I'm so humble. This kind of humility is a basic honesty, you know. Then we teach others about what's true for them. And they have, they have confidence that they can live a life, you know. I mean, have a well-lived life, too. Not just living a life, but a life well-lived. All good fruit comes from, I'm having a hard time with this thing today, that's okay, all good fruit comes from a good seed, you know, so all we have to do, oh, okay, thank you, all good fruit comes from a good seed, so I say to you, sow a good seed, and you don't have to worry, you don't have to worry about the future, you don't have to worry about what the outcome of something's going to be. Just sow the good seed. Good seed produces good fruit in its time. So sometimes we do good and we expect to see the fruit immediately. 
and something else pops up. When that pops up, then we think, oh, see, this is what happens when you try to do good. You know, but you just keep doing good. Ultimately, the good fruit will come. Years pass, times change. The only thing that survives and transcends is an inevitable process that shines brighter and brighter day by day as the human spirit soars. So I say to you, endure struggle, remain true to your deepest convictions to the very end, and you will walk and reach the prize of a life well lived. I am able, more than able, to accomplish what concerns me today. I am able, more than able, to handle anything that comes my way. I am able, more than able, I started in the wrong key, it's all right, to do much more than I could even dream. I am able, I'm more than able. To be just what I really want to be. So, that's a song for you today. You're able, more than able, to accomplish what concerns you today. Able, more than able, to handle anything that comes your way. You're able, more than able, to do much more than you could even dream. (laughs) You're able, more than able, to be just what you really want to be.